Hello everyone and welcome to itsyourseason.life where we are discovering and living life at any age. I'm Lisa Boson and I'm here to introduce you to people like you and me who have rediscovered themselves, stretched their abilities, and to me kept their light under a bushel basket. I hear their stories and think, wow, that is so cool. These are ordinary people doing the extraordinary. So what are we doing? Well, you know how you'd love to hear your peers succeed, get inspired by those who just try? That's us. That's itsyourseason.life. Don't forget to follow us on our website, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm there sharing weekly updates and, of course, what's in season, be it people, food, feelings, and nature. So let's get started. So hello, everyone. This podcast is actually going to be me just talking, and we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, and that is bees. If you go out to my itsyourseason.life website, I have a couple of blogs about beekeeping, um, not in particular the skill set, but just things that I've learned about bees and just things we can learn about better being better human beings um, just from watching the bees. So here's some things to know about bees and being a beekeeper. So beekeeping is not easy. It's really a science and an art, and maybe it's a little personal beak magic that you have to learn over the course of many years. And about the time you think you know enough to keep a beehive alive through a harsh winter, there is a lot more to learn. So there's definitely some anguish and pain and losing your first hive for sure. In the past few years, there's been a resurgence of interest in bees, and I get a lot of questions uh, from bees, and I try to include some information about bees when I sell honey uh, late in the summer. So there's lots of groups that encourage plants for pollination to just more people taking on beekeeping as a hobby. Um, the lovely bee is really creating a wonderful following. Um, there's a wonderful website called Two Million Blossoms that I strongly encourage anyone who's a homeowner or renter and who wants to just plant for more pollinators. But as a homeowner, just someone who wants to learn, there's a lot more things to know about bees. Um, I know people when they are like, gosh, why is local honey more expensive than honey in the store? Well, here's why. Uh, Your urban beekeeper is smaller and has to understand these things to know about bees. So first of all, the most recognized honeybee or the most recognized bee is the honeybee, the Western or European bee, and it lives an average of six weeks. So in 42 days, pretty much we have said goodbye to one bee, but behind there are generations of other workers that are coming along. There's tens of thousands of generations of bees in one hive that live and die as new bee eggs are hatched. And they become adult worker bees and they die. And really, as far as us as a beekeeper, what we want to do is give them the best six weeks possible. Yes, we do have to feed them. We have to water them. The more I study, uh, we find out that bees actually need minerals, just like humans. Uh, They need shelter, so we have to manage uh, their bee boxes and hives and their space and protect them from the environment and predators. And then finally, chemicals. So beekeeper's responsibility is a lot. I always get a laugh when I look at these magazines that feel, that make it seem like, oh, I just put a beehive in my yard and, and away we go. No, bees, it's really it's an agriculture uh, system, just like if you were going to raise cattle or, or chickens or 
hogs or lamb. It's, it's the same thing. There's things that you have to know to take care of them. Some other things to think about is that during a bee's life, a bee may take on the role of a uh, nursemaid to the young. They help feed the young from the egg stage all the way to when they're capped. It's called capped brood when, they're, um, when the bees put a little covering on them right before they hatch. They're really good housekeepers. They're diligent. They can even... I remember one day I was standing out by the hive with a friend and we saw a bee fly by with a dead bee. That is it's just amazing. Um, they're comb builders. They have to build comb for their home and they're foragers. They go out and find food. And, you know, as I shared a little bit earlier, they're the care caretakers of their own dad. So beekeepers primarily like managing an apartment complex. We're managing space for an ever-changing population. The colony can be small after winter. Uh, that's traditionally can happen. We'd all love to have a big, robust colony after a heavy winter, but, you know, they tend to, to downsize. What's really important is we have something left along with a queen. Um, and sometimes we have to reduce it down to a smaller apartment called a nuke or a nucleus, and then we give them a smaller space and it allows the smaller colony to better keep warm and manage the new young being laid by the queen. So then as they become more robust and there's more and more bees, then we bring them back up to a traditional sized hive. And basically less space to cover to take care of. So when they're in a smaller area, they don't have to do as much work. It's much more energy efficient for them as well. And they can keep it warm better. So even like here in Colorado, when it's technically spring, it still can have snows in, in May. So we really have to watch the, the weather and the cold with these bees. So a colony may expand in the spring, and traditionally that's what we want. And we want that early summer, you know, the, the hormones and the pheromones get them to play, and the queen's laying increases. The weather is warmer. The honey flow begins here in Colorado about mid-June. And then they have to have a place to store their food. So it's a real, you're really managing space. You're managing the space so they have a place for babies and they have a space for food. So within the colony, there's constant pheromone communication going on between the different worker bees about what is needed for the hive. So is it to build more cells for the queen to lay eggs? Is it food? Is it managing robber bees in late summer? The yellow jackets are horrible right now. So, you know, there's a lot to manage because a, ye a yellow jackets can really decimate a honey hive, honeybee hive. And they're also constantly signaling to the queen where the new clean cells are to lay. So a queen is really active. She is laying about one cell a minute during the high seasons of May to September. So you can do the math on that one. That is a lot of bees. And that's what we want. We want a lot of bees going into the winter. We do have to manage something called mites with bees. They're kind of like um, uh, fleas on animals. They carry diseases. So just as you would take care of fleas on your pets, you would take care of the mites on the, on the beehives, on the bees. And so there's various ways to do that. But yeah, there's also this whole managing um, pests that get into the hive as well as the pesticides on the outside of the hive. So a friend recently came over for a patio COVID chat, and we were sitting there, and she was just like, gosh, they are, like, so busy. And I said, I know, they're just busy all day long. It seems that way, you know. But, um, you know, there's definitely a lot we can learn from bees. They appear to be working nonstop. But I, what I like most is that it just... 
they tend to be in tandem. They're like little airplanes on a runway. They're waiting to take off and land. Uh, no one appears to be really fussing, and it seems to be okay if they're hanging out on the front porch and cooling off. It's um, it's an okay thing to do. We want them to cool down because they're really good about keeping the inside of the hive about 95 degrees. So, um, but you know, it can still get warmer in there, especially if you've got 50,000 bees in these two boxes. So they're not frittering away their time on useless tasks at all. They really seem to be doing, you know, everything for the good of the colony. So lots of good things about bees understanding how they work. Um, and so amidst all that, the beekeeper is trying to decide, you know, how much do I take honey? Is there honey left for me? Because you always want to leave your, your hive with a good, strong honey supply coming up for the winter and also managing their diseases. So, so just things to think about for ourselves. Um, how do we as humans rank as disease-free and healthy? And how are our communication skills to get things done in a timely fashion? Those bees are really um, using their pheromones and using uh, what they call the waggle dance to find forage. They're always communicating in some way, mechanically or with pheromones, on what to do and where to go. And so how is our space and food management? How is our tidiness with life down to the physical strength to carry out our dead? So how important is creating a future for our generations to live, be healthy, and contribute to a community? We don't want to swarm, but it's always possible. Where can we swarm and expand to grow a new colony? But really, how can we cross-pollinate ideas for the future? And to me, that's what's really important. How do we communicate and really cross-pollinate ideas for our future generations? So maybe next time you see a bee, know that she goes back to her hive with a heavy load of food or water for the group. She's at the end stage of her life. She's in the last 20 days. And she's given all she has with her flights to give us a whole whopping one-twelfth of a teaspoon of honey for the colony and maybe for our enjoyment. So I hope you enjoyed this short podcast, just some thoughts about beekeeping. There is so much to learn, but we also want as beekeepers, for those that buy our honey, to understand what goes into getting that honey to your table and how special it is when our community around us helps us by planting pollinators and flowers and um, flowering trees and offers things to the, to the bees to keep them going. I like to think my hive is, my honey is particularly special. I've got a, a, a first run harvest for the last four years that's always beautifully light and linden because the Fort Collins, uh, city of Fort Collins, had planted a lot of linden trees in the area. And then my neighbors do put out some really great flowers for the remainder of the summer. So there's always something for the bees to, to forage on and create lovely, beautiful honey. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, join me on social media, on Facebook, YouTube. There'll be more podcasts to come. I'll be interviewing some other guests, some wonderful people who've done some wonderful things. So you don't always have to listen to me talking about bees or the upcoming episodes that are on plant-based food, uh, which is my other love. So thanks for joining me, and we hope to see you again at another Hits Your Season Live.